has already healed you. The scripture tells us that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And that means that as far as God's concerned, it's a done deal. There are other forces at work, though, that will make you feel. You get the word feel? It will make you feel that it's not so. You will have tests that will come and confirm that you have sickness in your body. You will have symptoms that the doctors will tell you that are legitimate. You will attempt to renounce that. And believe that you're healed. And then the devil will tell you that you're uh, in denial. He'll tell you that you're fantasizing, that you're making it up, whatever, whatever. As long as you're holding on to God's word, that is not a fantasy. That is a reality. Amen. God's word is the only real thing that we as Christians have. So we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between the natural world and the spirit because healing is a spiritual force. It's spiritual. So you will get it in your spirit long before your your flesh has a chance to receive it. Your spirit is healed. You can you can test yourself if you if you sit and think about it for a while, especially if you're a person who's been in the word You've been in divine health and you have total faith that God's word is true. You can you can watch yourself how you think and how you speak about yourself. And and you'll start thinking about symptoms. And say, I wonder what that is. I wonder what that could be this. But at the end of the day, you say, no, nah, I don't have sickness. I'm healed. Yeah. See, if you can get to that yeah. line of reasoning in your head, you're halfway there. You got me? You're halfway there. In fact, your halfway can accelerate very, very quickly. Amen? As you listen to the word, this is what happens in healing services. We sit and we listen to the word and we can have a little bit of doubt. But if we'll get in that atmosphere and under that word long enough so that that doubt doesn't grab you and start to hang on and start to do certain things in your head, then you can let all of that doubt go, and then your healing manifests. Amen? You get the whole thing. So what we're doing today is we're planting seeds of health and healing in your heart. We're allowing you to hear the word of God, because that's how faith comes. It comes by hearing. Anything that you hear, you have the choice to believe it or not to believe it. And so when you start filling yourself up with nothing but faith in the word of God, you can be healed at any time. So God has made a decree from heaven. When God speaks, it is a done deal. Amen. There's no doubt. He doesn't take back anything he said. In Genesis 1, if you go there, just look at how God's word operates. Look how faith operates. Genesis 1, 3, it says, and God said, let there be light. And then he looked around and wondered what was taking so long. Wow. <laughs> Not throwing no shade at nobody, but. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? 
It's a difference between us and God. God never looked around to see if the light was going to obey him. He didn't stop and check it out and see if it was real or not. He just said, let it be and kept moving. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what he expects us to do with our faith because our faith isn't just walking around faith. This isn't the faith like sinners have or any or you had before you got to know God. This is the faith of the son of God. This is a supernatural same faith that God used when he said, let there be and light showed up. God never doubted that the light would show up. Amen. And that's what we have to do. When you start declaring things from your, with your own voice, with your own mouth, you cannot doubt that it's going to show up. Amen. Amen. What we do sometimes is we'll say, uh, I'm healed. And then we look around. Yeah, <laughs> Anybody watching? <laughs> like, what are you looking for? Huh? You should be able to decree a thing and keep moving. Or if you look, expect that that healing would manifest immediately. See, if we had more immediate uh, expectation, we'd receive more things from God. But when God said, let there be, it happened. Why? Because he expected it to happen. He expected light to uh, obey him and appear, even though there was no light anywhere. There was nothing but total darkness. He spoke into the darkness. Faith in God is not afraid to confront what's opposite of it. Amen. So that if they tell you you have cancer, the word of God allows you to speak to that cancer and refuse to let it remain in your body, in your life, anybody else's body. You know what I'm saying? You need to be like a bounty hunter for all disease. Disease, I better not catch you in my family. Oh, no, you didn't do that. You got to get out of here in the name of Jesus. Just be rough and be a bounty hunter and make it leave with your faith. Amen. And that's what God has given us faith to do, to be able to declare his goodness, declare what he wants. Just like he declared, let there be, you can declare, let there be health in my body. Let there be strength in my body. The Bible says, as your days are, so shall your strength be. Huh? Moses lived to be 120 and he was hiking at 120 years old. Huh? Why? Because he was in the will of God. He was on his way to up the mountain to see God. Amen. He lived to be 120. The Bible says he didn't wear glasses. Huh? Not throwing no shade because I got some hanging on my nose. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, <laughs> But the Bible says his eye was not dim. He wasn't going blind. He didn't have cataracts or glaucoma or all this other stuff they have us checking for. Huh? You know, I made the mistake of having to get on water pills. That's a whole nother different story. I won't go there. It's just, it's not pleasant. But anyway. You know, so you gotta go to the doctor to get the pills. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, you will go throw a gun up her nose and just take your prescription, but you gotta be nice. They go in there, you let them frisk you, you know, examine me, you know, you get frisked and all that kind of stuff. Amen. But she'll say, uh, we have screening. I said, no, I don't get screened. Uh, this is preventive. Uh, I got my prevention already. Uh, Huh? 
I wear faith prevention at all times. Because I'm not looking for them unless it's, I get feel really sick and I need that pill. I'm not taking it. And I'm not expecting. I don't need to prevent nothing because ain't nothing coming. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to have to stand in faith. You know, hey, I got this, but I'm holding the line on and it's leaving every day. You know what I do with them pills? I said, look at y'all sitting there. Yeah, I'll take you today, but one day real soon, I ain't going to need you no more in Jesus' name. You talk to that stuff. You go sit there and let the devil put all kind of stuff on you. Just, oh, I'd be glad when I'm the new. I'm glad today. I'm, <laughs> I will yet praise him. Huh? I'm rejoicing today because real soon, devil, I ain't going to need your stuff. Huh? What God said happened every time he said it. And we have to know that when we speak health to our body, health comes in there every time we say it. If you believe that, you'll start saying it more often. Huh? See, we've lost sight of what our confession is really for. Your confession is to convince you that God's word is real. You're not impressing God. He know the Bible already. Did you know that? And he's not impressed with how much scripture you say uh, and how fast you say it and how many repetitions you do. huh? He wants you to believe what you're saying to him and then expect that word to manifest in your life. Amen. Why? Because it's true. God's word is the only thing that is true that we have to do. Everything else here is a lie, folks. All this fake stuff that we have. This is the age of fakery, I guess. All this fake stuff that we have in the world, sickness is fake too. Amen. Healing, you need to know health and healing are eternal. They are eternal forces. Sickness is of the world. You need to know this world is temporary. It's not the strongest force. It's leaving here and everything in it. So I advise you not to get real attached to nothing. Amen. Like, you know, people want to, want to, I just want to be buried in my best. You ain't going nowhere. You done already left. What what difference does it make what you dressed in laying up in there? Come on now, y'all. Or people think so-and-so got their wings. I ain't getting no wings when I leave here. I'm getting getting translated real quick. I'm, I'm getting the express elevator out of this tent. Can't never keep the weight right. Can't never keep. You know what I'm saying? Why am I looking, Mrs. C? I gotta keep that looking. You know, I, I got some stuff on order though. I'm working on my 18th bottle of whatever wrinkle stuff. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to disappoint my Facebook fans. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Okay, let me. <laughs> I do it for them, not for me. <laughs> that faceless stuff, y'all, you know, that ain't no good. And going under the knife, that ain't right. You know, God can, you know, like Betty Davis used to say, who would I be fooling? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Facelift, are you kidding? Who would I be fooling? You know? Now you see them, they can't move, they mouth can't move this, it's all stiff. I don't want no scar tissue. Amen. Jesus already got scars for my healing. Anything I can't get by faith, we just gonna have to skip it. Huh? They always selling more derm stuff. Flexiderm, plexiderm. Straighten out your derm. I uh, give me straight out derm. Huh? Amen. 
So the world is not the strongest force. It might be the most visible, but it's not the strongest. Just because something's visible, it doesn't make it powerful. Huh? The Bible says the angel transform, uh, the uh, devil transforms himself into an angel of light. So he's able to meet people, you know, as people say, Oh, I, I got sick and I almost died and I went down this tunnel and there was this light there and all this kind of stuff. You know, and, and they're trying to say that that light is God. But there are two kinds of light. Bible says test every spirit. Huh? I don't care where that light is, is saying to you, say, are you God? Huh? Cause if you ain't God, I ain't gonna have nothing to do with you. I don't care. Amen. And so just because something is visible, because it seems to be powerful or, you know, and you know how it is when, when, when there's something wrong with you, the name of it is really what gets us. You understand what I'm saying? What makes disease powerful is what they call it. Uh-huh. Once that name is put on something, it has impact in the realm of the spirit. It has impact in the human soul. It has a reputation, like cancer got a reputation, you know, like it's big, bad, and all this stuff. Well, Jesus is bigger and badder. Amen. The blood of Jesus has paid. It is the most potent force in the universe. Why? Because it subdued all disease under its feet. Amen. So Jesus, with his shed blood, was able to pay for every past, present, future sin. He don't care what you did. huh? He really doesn't. If sin was an issue, we'd still be on our way to hell. You got me? But it's not an issue anymore. Why? Jesus settled that issue. Amen. Sin is an issue for religious people and crazy people. Because they can't get out from under it. Because they don't believe. You know, you tell some of these sinners walking up and down the street, Jesus is the answer. They laugh you to scorn. Amen. But still, they want to want to talk about how bad you are and talk about what your sin is doing and all this kind of stuff. It's just a big merry-go-round. So Jesus settled the sin issue at the cross. He said, if you will come to me, sincerely repent. And ask forgiveness, I will forgive you. I don't care what it is. You know, people say things like, well, so-and-so, you know, they're a child molester and, a, uh, you know, and, and want to crucify everybody for their sin. I can't get over Christians getting involved in that stuff now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's some important people with, with TV, multi-million dollar TV program budgets. And we'll start condemning people because of their past. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> where'd you come from? You understand what I'm saying? Come on now. We can't go down that road, believers. You know why? We start going down that road on, on one person, it'll come back and get you twice as bad. Because see, when you need God's mercy, it's not going to be available to you because you didn't send everybody else uh, to the you know death row or wherever you want to put people. Because they didn't done something wrong. Amen. Amen. I didn't used to think about it a lot. But I'm looking more and more at people who are incarcerated in jail. It's a whole lot of people in there. You know. Now I watch a little ID network. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, keep up with your, with your craft. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Whatever. But you know them people, they, they sending them 
life without the possibility of parole on very little evidence. Just because they didn't like somebody one day and that person wind up missing. They ain't found no body, no blood, no DNA, no nothing. You understand what I'm saying? But we got enough evidence. How do you get convicted on that? You know, in the Bible, if you say like if you hit somebody upside the accident, my mother used to say, an unlucky lick. Huh? Your mother used to say that. Girl, I hit you an unlucky lick. And kill you. You believed it too, so you straightened up. You understand what I'm saying? But the Bible made provision for that. If you accidentally kill somebody, you were allowed to escape to the first city of refuge. And if you made it there, that proved your innocence and you were allowed to leave. Nowadays, they put a warrant out for you. You can't escape and go nowhere nowadays. You get apprehended so quick and there you on cops tonight and all this. You the main show on cops. You know what I'm saying? But, but it, there's something wrong with this because the accuser of the brethren is always, thank you sweetie, the accuser of the brethren is always there heaping more and more and more and more and more. So you gotta fight that. If you're gonna get your healing from God supernaturally, you gotta fight the accuser of the brethren. You gotta fight brethren accusing. Church folk that wanna tell you you need to live holy and they don't know what they talking about. Huh? I live repentant and let the holiness be up to God. My righteousness will speak for me before the throne of God. I don't need to prove nothing to y'all people. You know what I'm saying? We need to leave people alone with that kind of nonsense. Put more people in bondage. Amen. So whatever of this world is on its way out of here. Amen. Uh, everything, you know, uh, we are made from earth. So, so you're not going to be able to, everything that you hold dear is going to be threatened, you know. Yeah. Teeth go missing. Yeah. Hair go missing. Eyebrows go missing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You'll get up quick. Huh? Yes. It's kind of like get up when you can, when you think it real hard. You got to focus on Wait a minute. How did I used to do this guy? <laughs> Without assistance, huh? So now you gotta have assistance on the get up. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. But see, you can fight all of this stuff with your faith. Amen? You can fight it with your faith. Your car breaks down. Sickness comes. It'll knock on your door. I used to think if you did everything right before God, you didn't get sick. Huh? You didn't get symptoms. And then one day they start knocking heavy on the door. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Ain't nobody home. <laughs> Ain't nobody home. Huh? You know? But they will hound you. The devil will hound you to get you to embrace some of this stuff. I, you know, I can remember when I was sitting in front of that television, they, they were talking about, uh, oh, obesity. Well, you know how that goes. Everybody gonna get fat when you get older. I don't care who you are. If you skinny, the devil has got something. <laughs> All right. Who used to say skinny women is evil? Who used to say that? Monique. That's it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. You know you ain't got no business watching Monique. No. <laughs> and I don't either. Right. right. We used to tease my mother. Mama, you fat. Mama, you keep living, girl. Uh, <laughs> she prophesied to you. Keep living. 
So then all of a sudden, putting on weight in middle age is evil. See, when mama said it, it was a blessing to live that long, no matter what shape you was in. You understand what I'm saying? Now, mama had a chronic disease, but it wasn't diabetes. Huh? Because, you know, when people were from the South and they lived lean most of their life, they were glad to get somewhere and get a job. They could eat as much as they wanted to. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm not saying gluttony is right. I'm not talking about that. No, we all got to cut back. But, you know, you sit up and listen and they ready to punish you. Huh? And I would listen to that. I said, well, maybe that's what's and that's that's what started my road down to the pill. You understand what I'm saying? Because you you consider those things. You have to be careful what you consider. Amen? Hey, God, yeah, I eat too much, but I'm forgiven. I ain't going to never give up on being forgiven. You understand what I'm saying? And if it's that much of a problem between me and you, you and me, God, me and you, huh? Forget what's on the TV. Forget what they tell you at the doctor's office. Forget what they tell you. You know, I got this little doctor. She's so thin and she's very nervous. Huh? And she said, she said, oh, I don't believe your age. I said, yeah, yeah, keep it to yourself. I said, you start broadcasting, I might have to hurt you. <laughs> Just to keep you quiet. You, you understand what I'm saying? So she's looking at me wondering. I'm looking at her trying to get some help. I'm saying, no, wait a minute. <laughs> We're in a standoff here. We don't know who helping who. Huh? And see, to her, I'm never thin enough. Huh? She look at my like uh the little the assistant lady comes in and she she puts all my stuff on a paper, you know, they weigh you and all that and, and the doctor takes it like this. Oh, I see you've lost a little bit. <laughs> I said, Okay, I know what the deal is. I ain't gonna never please her, so let me quit trying. Lord, me and you will work this out, amen. And we'll get my, we'll get me in the word the way I should be so I can walk away from this stuff, amen. Ain't that the thing now? Walk away. Amen. I'm gonna walk away from the pills. I'm gonna walk away from the high blood pressure. Walk away from all this nonsense, amen. Because your faith is taking you away from the things of the world and more toward the things of God. So the things of the world will, I mean, they're gonna disappear. Everything that's made of earth will pass away. But what is the things of the spirit are eternal. Amen. They are definitely eternal. Your body and the earth are made of the same material. Amen. Anything that's made of earth product will pass away. So it's not as powerful as what is of the spirit. Amen. Your body needs an overhaul. Everybody's does. It needs a spiritual overhaul. It needs to be fed the word continually. It needs to be in the presence of God in worship so that your strength is renewed and your health is renewed. So all of the things that happen good for us happen first by the spirit. So healing is a spiritual occurrence and it is not natural. 
But it will affect the natural realm just like it, everything in the spirit does. So that everything in the spirit eventually has an impact on the natural well. Healing is spiritual. So we need to keep it spiritual. Healing must be received first before your body can get the benefit of it. So your spirit has to begin to uh, gain strength so that it can feed your body, the word of God, and can drive sickness out. So it's a matter of, of transferring it from one realm to the other realm and allowing that, that process to take place. This is a process. It's, I don't care if you came in and you got your healing instantly. It's still a process. It's a process of allowing your spirit to reach out for it and then your spirit will begin to transfer it into your body. Amen. How does healing happen? It happens as you hear the word of God. Proverbs 4.20 tells us, says, my son, attend to my words. You ever have your uh uh your kid come up to you and all of a sudden they talking about some new kid that they've met. Well, so and so does this and so and so no, you listen to me. You understand what I'm saying? That's the same thing God's saying to us in Proverbs 20. You listen to me. But but God the doctor said, "Uh-uh, you listen to me." Oprah said, "Oh no, honey, you listen to me." She can't keep no boyfriend. Can't, you know, she got so much money, she done marketed herself out of everything. You understand what I'm saying? Ooh, sorry about that, if that hurts your feeling. Proverbs 4, my son, attend to my words. Listen to me. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't listen to anything else but what I tell you. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So you got to have your ears, your eyes, and your heart filled with the word of God. And he says, when you do that, then their life to those that find them. What does it mean, find it? It means keep it there. And health to all of your flesh. But I have cancer, but I have uh-uh, all your flesh. This word brings life to every piece of flesh in your flesh. Amen. And it'll heal your soul. I mean, to say nothing of, of the, the mental aspect of building yourself up in the word of God. The word of God will have you take on the, the aspects of Christ. Everything. Amen. So attention breeds faith. The more that's why when we have these healing healing meetings, we have you focus entirely on the spoken word. Is nobody going to sleep? Is nobody falling under the chair? Is that you are you stand at full attention? The anointing helps. That's why we worship God so hard when we first get started. You know, and a lot of churches is a half hour and they act like they didn't committed some kind of sin if it goes over. You know, apologizing all over the place. And God is just getting good and showing up. You know what I'm saying? He might take some time to put his sandals on the night or something. You know, you know, you got to get dressed before you get on down there. So, I mean, we have to take time with God so that we 
create the atmosphere where he can work. He knows what he needs to work with us. Amen. So we know that attention allows us to be able to focus and it always brings results. What you pay attention to. Amen. What you show attention to will always prosper. It will. Any man, when a man, whatever. Don't mess with me, y'all. Y'all know that if a man wants you, baby, 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 calm, baby, baby, put you on speed, baby, where you at, baby? I hope, I hope you're taking care of yourself for me, baby, baby. Right. And see, the more attention he gives you, Huh? You be dying to hear it. Huh? Now you done got addicted to that little phone of yours, little flip phone. He need to upgrade you to a, uh, ordinary smartphone, right? Be flipping me. Get me a smartphone. If we gonna talk, I gotta have me an iPhone. Huh? But they know if they get and see the ones they don't like you, you get stupid on them one or two times and they don't call you. What you don't pay attention to, you lose. Amen. So if they want to lose you, they quit paying attention. Amen. I know it hurt me a little bit. But you know what I'm saying. Amen. So (laughs) brothers, you know, they don't let them see you got a a, something on your hip or something. (laughs) They ain't sure about you. Wives with knives or something like that. Huh? Everybody checking everybody out. But when you want something, you give it your full attention. Amen. You stay focused on it. Somehow it's, it, there's so many distractions that'll come to us when we're trying to focus in on the word. Sometimes all you, what you really need to do is just start praying in tongues or just start worshiping God to fight some of that resistance off. Because you can sit around, you'll say, it's been three years, I mean, not years, but three days or three weeks and I ain't been in my word in all that time. And so you can't go that long, not in this hateful world, if you want to prosper in God and especially if you want a healing from God. Amen. When God said, let there be, it happened. Amen. That's why God is called the possessor of heaven and earth. You possess with your words. If you want to possess healing, you got to keep saying healing words. You send out the word to your body. Body, you better line up with the word of God because I am healed. There's no doubt about it. I'm not wanting to be healed. I'm not waiting to be healed. I am healed right now in the name of Jesus. And you start declaring, call those things just like God did. There was no light when God said, let there be. Some people say he said, light come. But I think he just said light. Boom. Huh? See, you have to say it with the intent of it manifesting. You can't say it like shaky. Like you wondering what's out there. Healing, you come right here, right now. You, You come here right now in the name of Jesus. I am healed. I don't care what it looks like. I'm healed anyway. I don't care what the devil throws at me. I don't care what pain hits me. I am still healed. And make your declaration just like God did. He said light, period. Huh? 
and it showed up. He said, what can I do for you? I'm here. You got me? Make that your confession towards your healing. Make sure you call it as though it, it is already. Don't put it off somewhere in the future because your healing is not in the future. It's in the now. Amen? It's in the now. At some point, it's going to show up. And let it show up. Tell God, I'm ready for it anytime. I can be healed at any time. I'm ready to receive right now, God. Don't let your mind go drifting and say, well, if I had this or I had that or if I could do this. or I, Uh-uh. Say, God, I need it now. I want it now. I'm ready to receive it now. Amen. So the earth is the Lord's and everything in it because he spoke it. He said, let it be. And it was. And that gave him ownership. That's how you get ownership of your healing over your body feeling well. It's by declaration. Body, be healed. And body, you are healed in Jesus' name. Get healed, stay healed, act healed, feel healed. Body, be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. When God spoke the earth, it gave him responsibility over it. You have responsibility over your healing. It's not God's problem anymore. It's not his fault anymore. It's not his responsibility. It's yours. So you start getting responsible for your healing. You know, I mean, sinners do that much. You see all these commercials on uh, uh, what's that commercial they got on? It just makes you want to get up and go get on a bicycle. I said, no, wait a minute. I was all into this until I saw what they was doing. You know, that music comes on. I said, ooh, what's this? Peloton. And they up at the break of day and they always got them on top of a skyscraper somewhere. Real, you know, ooh, I want to do that. Now I looked, I said, huh? You getting up at the crack of dawn to get on a bike with a video on it? No real people. Do you know I go to sleep on a video? I don't care what they doing on there. But it makes you want to get up and get involved in it. Why? Because this is the thing to do. And so when God says you are healed, you got to call those things that be not as though they are. Put some energy into it. Put some effort into it. Do at least what the bodybuilding people do. Amen. You don't have to lift nothing, take nothing, nothing like that. Just take the word and let the word work on you and let the word do what it's supposed to do. So we're going to possess your healing. Amen. With the word of God. Isaiah 53, 4 says this. By his stripes you are healed. He was wounded for your transgressions. Well, I can't be healed because I did this wrong, that wrong. Well, how long are you going to let that stand between you and God? If you confess it, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Righteous people are healed people. Righteous people can demand anything they need from heaven. Amen. You can decree a thing and it will be done as a righteous person. Why? Righteousness does not, uh, it doesn't depend on you doing everything right. It depends on him doing everything right and you trusting in that. 
Amen. So you have to trust in what God has done for you in order to be clothed in his righteousness. That's what's going to get you somewhere. And once you start confessing the word, your understanding of his righteousness in your life increases. Then your faith increases. Your ability to believe increases. So he says, by his stripes you are healed. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore health to you. Anybody who's had their health stolen from them and heal you of your wounds. Amen. So he will restore health unto us and heal us of our wounds. Exodus fifteen twenty six. If you will diligently hearken. To the voice or listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what's right in his sight. What do you mean you did wrong? Well, just confess it. He'll still forgive you. See, you know, the devil wants you to look for loopholes in everything. Just believe what you read and let God do the rest. Once you believe God, there's no stopping your faith. There was a lady that had a daughter who was demon possessed. And she went to Jesus and she wanted her daughter to be healed. And she didn't quite know how to approach him. She was a sinner. She wasn't a Jew. And she knew she was probably not entitled in in the Pharisee's eyes. She wasn't entitled to nothing from God. But she went anyway. See, faith believes anyway. Faith pushes you ahead anyway. Faith wants to take that little bit of slim of a chance that it might happen for you and go for it. You understand? Faith won't let you quit. That is not your faith operating like that. That's God's. That's a, that's a grace deposit he has put in your life. And so when she heard about Jesus, she went there and first the disciples told her. You know, Jesus didn't pay any attention to her when she first asked him. So then the disciples thought, oh, well, you know, we can just push her on the side. You know how sometimes people, ushers in the church. Now, they don't know no scripture. They don't know. But they're going to go big and bad on you. Uh-huh. I don't know what, I must have a sign on my back that says kick me, but I have more trouble with people's ushers. You understand what I'm saying? Than anything. And so they'll just pick me out of nowhere. There's 2,000 people there and they'll come up to me, huh, and want to tell me to move my seat, huh? So that's what they did with the lady. Amen. Pushing her around and just, y'all stay away from the master, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus said, y'all shut up and sit down. You don't even know what's going on here. You understand what I'm saying? And so he was pushing her, provoking her faith. Because when she first came to him, her faith wasn't strong enough to get her daughter healed. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Faith keeps knocking on that door. Because faith believes that what they need is behind that door. You got me? So the disciples pushed her around and she's still there. She asked Jesus again. He said, hmm, this is bread for God's children. We can't give it to the dogs. Huh? And she got ticked off. Huh? You know how women are. That's my baby he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? She came to get him for her baby. And she going to get that baby healed. Amen. You don't tell them that. And so she said, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs off the table. 
That's the place he wanted her to get to. No matter what they accuse you of, no matter what you think you haven't done right, no matter what you think you're lacking, you can get it anyway. You understand me? Don't let your lack cause you not to get what you need from God. You can never lack enough stuff that God won't bless you and won't help you and won't heal you. You understand me? She had that faith in her all along. She just never let it out. Sometimes we have to be provoked to release our faith to God. You know, people say, well, I've been waiting for a long time and I've been doing this for a long time. But have you been provoked? Hmm? Have you allowed your waiting to provoke you to wait no longer? That's all you got to do is decide today is the day. I'm going to get it today. I'm not leaving here without it. And that's what she made. She made up her mind. I ain't going nowhere. Little nasty ushers, I'm gonna show y'all. I'm getting what I came for, huh? See, we all gotta be a little Baptist sometimes. <laughs> Baptist people tell you they ain't running me out of the church, huh? And go, go bring your your uh, 45 there to to reinforce it. Y'all ain't chasing me out of here, huh? And they gave nothing in the offering, often enough, but they know they belong there. They know they're going to stay. Amen. God sent me here. I'm staying. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, you got God's permission. You got everything you need. Are you kidding me? That's righteousness. Oh, yeah. She knew that she was going to get. She said, no, nobody put up this much trouble with me. Huh? I know I'm going to stay here. I'm going to resist this. Must be something good up in here for the devil to expose himself like that to keep you away from it. You got me? And so you stand your ground. Exodus 23:25. serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water and take sickness from the midst of you. Everybody's scared of everything they eat and drink these days. Except for Mickey D's. Now, y'all got so much faith on that, it just scares me sometimes. Look at them, look at them. They don't even know whether that's real food or not. Where it came from was who been sitting on it just come out that window in a mystery bag. And Don't tell me y'all don't have faith. It's just so hard to believe God for a healing. You believe you ain't going to get poisoned at McDonald's, you can believe anything. All the nose-picking high school kids they got up in there. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you better be praying over that. You're getting a drive-through. Well, next time you drive away without prayer, remember this meeting, huh? Ooh, I better bless this stuff. I'm in. Huh? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Deuteronomy 7.15 says, I will put none of the diseases of Egypt. You know what that means? I won't put any of the diseases of your past. Huh? I see a commercial I really dislike. You've seen that with the lady uh, uh, smoked for 
and they make her climb up a a mountain of old cigarette butts and all this kind of stuff. Anybody seen that? That's the way the world thinks about. See, there's no forgiveness there. There's no mercy there. Now, she didn't quit smoking. Y'all going to make her climb up a mountain of old cigarette butts and stuff? And they say she smoked uh, so many thousands of cigarettes. I say she'd have been smoking 10 packs a day at that rate. It's a wonder she's still standing up. But, you know, they used to teach you that whenever you quit, the effects of smoking would reverse themselves. And you don't have to worry about getting cancer or anything like that. Now they're making you live with it even after you. You see how unmerciful the world is? Now, you know, I mean, I might be going out on a limb there, but thinking about it really turns me off. I said, this lady has quit, and now they're making her live out the curse of having smoked all those years anyway. And so what God says, I will not put any of the sins of your past on you. Egypt is your past. I don't care what kind of life you lived when you were out there. He won't put it on you. Why? Because his forgiveness is total. His forgiveness is full of mercy. He is full of love and he is full of power. He will empower you to be able to resist that if the devil tries to put it on you. I was praying for somebody the other day in in our meeting in Detroit and the person said, I said, well, what do you need prayer for? And whatever God says, oh. you know, you one of them. I said, tell you what, <laughs> you go over there for a minute. Yes. <laughs> Wait, yes. whatever God says. Yes. And then when I finally did minister to her and I said, God wants you to ask boldly for what you want. I said, I said, even Jesus, when people came up, it, there was a man coming up to Jesus like this. And Jesus said, what can I do for you? See, you have to engage your faith in what you want. You just can't say, well, God, whatever. Huh? When you go grocery shopping, do you let them put whatever they want to put in them bags and you pay for it? Well, come on now. Your faith has to be engaged. The Bible says ask what you will, what things you desire. You have to be able to say what you want. And so she told me, she said, well, uh, I, had, I was healed of cancer 22 years ago and I, I'm getting symptoms again. I said, you were going to leave here? Wow. You see how merciful God is? Huh? It's a good thing because I want to hit her, you know, at first. You know, I, you, you, what's wrong with you? But see, some people don't know. See, they don't understand. And so the minister needs grace. You know, you need help yourself sometimes because, I mean, the devil will whip you up if you let him. So what I'm going to do, play 20 questions? No, I'm going to ask God to help me to help her. God, your servant needs help right here. Psalm 91, 9 to 10 says, no plague will come near your dwelling. Now, see, they got some stuff out now. They say it imitates polio. Huh? Well, sure. Symptoms are, it starts out like a common cold, and you get better for a while, 
and then it comes back on you. Huh? So you got to double karate kick it. But my suggestion is get your word first and don't let it come back a second time. Because the Bible tells you that. It says, what do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction will not rise up a second time. It said, no, devil, I'm not receiving that. Now, they say this thing hits them twice. No, you're not going to rise up a second time on me. God's word says that. Amen. And I love the Lord and I bless the Lord and I thank you, God, for delivering me from the power of darkness, delivering me from this evil that's coming. Because trust me, folks, it ain't going to get no better. There's a friend of ours, a minister who traveled to trying to think where where he's where is Troy Marshall? Is that where is he at now? Not in he's he's somewhere in Asia, but people in in Asia try try to get in this country so they because they want to escape air pollution. The ones who are wealthy, they can't even go around in the streets without a face mask on. He went over there to deliver face masks to people who live in the, in Mongolia. That's where it is. And so, so I mean, they don't have even halfway pure air like we have here. So, and then there are more diseases coming. They say these people who are trying to caravan of people who are trying to get into our country, huh? Now, you may think that's not a big deal, but suppose your backyard had 30,000 criminals standing in it one day. What would you think? You got me? So don't say like it won't happen. Just like they would say about persecution in the church. I've never seen the church more talked about and persecuted in this country. It's getting better. Amen. Because God sent help for us. But, you know, pretty much they get Oprah Winfrey and get all the big TV people on her show. And ask them, uh, what do you think about homosexuality? It don't matter what I think. You need to be asking what God thinks about it. You understand what I'm saying? But she gets them on there and makes them renounce Christ. And they don't even know what they're doing. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be careful how we let the world's ideas come and settle in on us. The attention we give them. How much attention we pay to it. A big teaching going through the church some years back was generational curses. They had more of us scared of the curse than we were loving God who redeemed us from the curse. What are you teaching on that for? I'm redeemed. Huh? I can skip that, that class and get me an A. Huh? Cause I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness. I don't care what generation it came from. But see, that's part of Egypt. That's part of your past. Huh? The first thing that the doctors want to know is uh, your family history. Yes. I, I am, I am a priestess after the order of Melchizedek. Wow, that's good. Without father, without mother, I don't have no family history that you need to know about, darling. Tell me about yours, huh? But you, you know what I'm saying, because the more they can look and find stuff, and you'll sit up there and say, ooh, I never thought about that. Well, that was God that you didn't think about it. Now they got you thinking about it. What you gonna do about it, huh? You gotta resist some stuff, folks. You know. You go in there when you, when you go in and get some care, you take your oil, sling it on the doorpost, 
Get your holy water to Pope send you some stuff. Get, but put that in there too. All you Catholic, get your rosary out. You know what I'm saying. Just, just do what you got to do. But get that stuff off of you. Don't leave there with no words clinging to you. And no diagnosis clinging to you. You got to resist that. Because your healing is not in the future, folks. It's in the now. I've had people tell me over the years, well, I went back to the doctor and they still can't find nothing. I said, why don't you quit going? <laughs> Let me give you a newsflash. This might upset your theology, but why don't you stop going? Huh? Get in your word, crawl up in your body. And ask God to make your healing real to you. You understand what? Because he's trying to throw you a hint that they can't, they'll never find anything. Why? Because he said, none of the diseases of Egypt will I put on you. And that's all of them. Egypt had everything. huh? What they didn't have in disease, they had in lice and fleas and everything else coming through there. Psalm 91, no plague will come near your dwelling. Amen. You're not getting this. I don't care what the old flu shot. Please, Lord, don't get me on that again. Huh? We got your flu shot here before you leave. Get a piece of that red piece of that cloth. Amen. I even brought two pieces this time. Let's give you a double dose. Praise God. Just wear that on you at all times and thank God for healing you. Remind you, thank God for healing me. Amen. Malachi 4 says, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Amen. For you who fear the Lord, the son of righteousness, you just keep believing God. Don't be fearing what the devil's doing. Fear God. Amen. Believers are now given God's authority to pray for the sick and lay hands on the sick. Well, if you're going to pray for sick people, he must want you well. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus wasn't sick running around trying to get people healed. He resisted the devil on a continual basis. Amen. You don't think it's hot where he was and he didn't get tired sometimes physically. But what did the Bible says? He went away to a solitary place to pray. Amen. So he would get alone with the father and he would get himself recharged and built up in his spirit so that he was able to do everything that God wanted him to do in his life and his ministry. There's no such thing as burnout. I don't know what them people doing to get burnout, but I'm thinking if you that burnout, half your city ought to be saved. You understand what I'm saying? Come on now, you ain't burnt the first time. You even got no flame going. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. Can I help it if it don't make sense to me? But but God wants us, folks, to receive what he has for us. It's received first by your spirit. He wants us well. Why don't you start some music, ladies? We can start praying for people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.